Hello, everyone. Amelia Taylor-Hockberg, Archonnect's editorial manager here. The interview you're about to hear was recorded as part of Archonnect's first ever live podcasting event series, Next Up, held at Jai and Jai Gallery in Los Angeles's Chinatown. As we ease into season two of our podcast, we'll be releasing over four hours of interviews and discussions from Next Up. Stay tuned to hear more about an exciting change to our shows this season and enjoy this interview from Next Up. All right. So here we have Anna Niemark and Andrew Atwood of First Office. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. Thanks. Good. So something that really intrigues me about your guys' practice is the way that you use writing and the, way, the language you employ to talk about your work. And when we were talking outside for a second, I, I wanted to say it was poetic, but Andrew stopped me from saying so. So can you describe how you guys relate to language and how you guys relate to the writing that you use to contextualize your work? And... Uh, how that collaboration happens between the two of you. I think um, well, we write differently. Um, uh, Anna is the poetic, uh, intelligent one. Um, I'm the angry, slightly stupid one, I guess. I, I think um, <laughs> when we write together, so, I mean, and I think that's the way in which we write. I mean, I think we've write, written a lot of stuff uh, independently or on our own, and then we've written some things together. And the things we write together tend to be a kind of odd compromise between those two things which is to say someone has to start, and that sets the tone, I think, for a lot of the things that we write, and then we sort of work through those things together. It's actually an incredibly painful process for us to write together. It takes a lot longer. There are things that we've been working on that are 1,500 words that we've been working on for a year, probably, just to try to get the tone right. Um, and it's, it probably is the thing that creates the most anxiety and friction in our collaboration, I would say, the writing and the tone of the writing. I, don't, I mean, Anna can probably speak to a little bit. We... we produced a, a, a little book as part of Jimenez's treatise series. And even the tone of the preface or the, the sort of introductory essay, which was like 250, 500 words, produced a lot of, I don't want to say bad feelings, but there was a lot of like, a, a lot of conversations about how exactly the, 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 that series of essays would be introduced because the tone when we write independently is quite different. I, I would say that's probably true for everybody writing. Most of, um, we have an audience here, so most of you guys writing, um, if you've ever tried to collaborate with somebody else, the questions of, as Andrew says, the questions of authorship, uh, tone, those, those are the most difficult to manage. The content is easy. We're, we all agree on content. But well, you and I agree on content. Well, we agree on, well, when you decide to write with somebody, you probably have agreed on the content. Uh, the other things are secondary, and those are the things that take the most amount of time. And you guys collaborate across a geographic distance, right? You live in the Bay Area, is that like, correct? Like, you mean between Brentwood and Silver Lake? Oh, no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I fly to work, so, but I, I am, I'm, I'm based sort of between two cities, so we do, a lot of our time is spent on iMessenger, um, even, even when I'm in town. I mean, a lot of the, the conversations about the stuff that we're doing, especially the writing happens sort of after hours, so the, the conversations are over GChat and iMessenger. But yeah, it's it is writing. I, I, I we would we never sit together at a desk and write. Like I think someone's writing and then someone's sending it across whatever distance to where the, the other person is, and that's where we're. That's the way in which we're working. I don't think we've ever sat at a desk and written something together. That would seem. You know, I think probably the word writing is overrated. I mean, who writes anymore? We edit. We edit each other's work. We edit things that we've read. Uh, we continue to rewrite and re-edit. And that's, that's the process. It's not any, nothing's from scratch at this point. Um, and I, I, that's probably not something that is personal to us. That would be probably the way in which most people who write, they would probably describe that process through an editorial process rather than a, a writing process. Cool. 
Uh, and speaking to the content of your guys' writing, um, there's a, a wide range of references as well, like figures like Violet Le Duc and Jean-Luc Godard and uh, Malevich pure, like for, throughout your guys' writing. Can you talk about those figures and or one of them perhaps and uh, how they operate in your practice? I think, you know, we, you know, we, we, we've often talked about this um, a relationship of our practice to the way in which we teach. And so I think that those references come from uh, a tradition of understanding ourselves to continue to be students and continue to be teachers and thinking through projects, always in relationship to kind of historical work or, or writing that has come before us. So um, very often the work sits inside of a sea of footnotes and um, other projects that have influenced it one way or another. Um, so when we work on something, we recognize the fact that we're not in a vacuum. We work with in conversations with our colleagues, in conversations with our students, in conversations with people who work with us and uh, who have already, as Violet has, you know, passed on to other lives or other deaths, etc. So I think um, that's a very important part in our practice to, re- to kind of recognize the pedagogical aspect of it or self-pedagogical. Like, we're kind of teaching ourselves how to do these things. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, like, all the stuff that we do together is a kind of, um, I mean, I think we, when we, I've told this story a couple times, we graduated, when we finished school, there was a kind of anxiety about the things we didn't know, and there, and when you start teaching, you're trying to fill in those holes, and your work or our work can't help but be respond to those things, and so you become aware of references or things that you maybe weren't actually so important to you when you were a student that become super important to you in the moment as part of a class or as part of a, and, and that stuff somehow gets like pushed into the work. And I think, I'll leave it to you a little bit, but but I think especially the Viola Le Duc stuff is, is, it remains a kind of constant force in our work. One, because he wrote and produced architecture, but he also had a, a kind of approach to just a whole series of other things that existed around architecture that we, even when we weren't aware of it, things like mountains and stuff like that, that have, have somehow kind of intersected with our, with our stuff. So it isn't, um, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of manifestation of just things that you become aware of, it, 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 both in teaching and in reading, that can't help but sort of be put into the work. But a lot of it, frankly, does start in our, I think, in our teaching practice, which is, I mean, we're both full-time teachers. And it just, the produce, like, even to produce the kind of text of a syllabus becomes... There's a series of texts that we've produced that I think are originated as in the form of a course description and have now become something that is like a, a text that's been published or an essay that's been published elsewhere. It's a it's actually a kind of informal form of writing. I think it's important, to, especially design instructors, it seems, like where it's a increasingly important thing, which where you sort of like have to develop a thesis in 500 words to present to a group of students. And it, it takes a lot of time to do those things. And more and more those things can define their way into our work and into a lot of our written work. You mentioned um, Violet, who is an architect. You mentioned Malevich, whom, at least the way we think about him, we consider him as somebody who is within the kind of architectural history. You mentioned also Godard, which is so funny because I don't think we've ever yeah, talked about that? Godard. But it's a it's, fantastic Godard reference I, where you guys barely mention him. You say Hans like Jean-Luc Godard. Oh, that was Constanza Room. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, that wasn't us. We worked that's with great. some really great, <laughs> there you go. wonderful collaborators. But then, because because you mentioned Godard, and that's something that came across in an earlier conversation, um, uh, I, I started trying to. I, I was like really scared that you're going to ask us about him. So now I, I actually Sorry. thought about. Yeah, I prepare. Okay. I prepare. You Say know, something. Um, there is um, 
in contempt, there's, there's that moment where they come home and they're really, they get really upset at each other and they start walking in and out of the bathroom, slamming the door. And I don't, I don't know how, you know, you're, so Brigitte Bardot is like walking through the door, she slams it, then he walks and then he starts walking through it because it's the middle panel is empty. So they're slamming the door, they're walking through the door, and the whole thing is about kind of walking through this apartment and slamming doors and trying to open new spaces, which relates quite a bit to the Duchamp door project that we just built, um, got built yesterday, I guess. In yeah, <laughs> and we were looking at films of, um, somebody, somebody took a video of, uh, of it completed, with all these people slamming these doors and walking through them, it was literally kind of the same, very strange deja vu moment. So now we're going to probably think about a reference to Godard. It makes us very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit more about the the project you're doing in Chicago, that installation? I mean, it's a yeah, it's a, it's kind of it's a, a project that continues. I mean, it started as a a competition, an invited competition for a shotgun house, which is a, probably a like a housing type that uh, most architects are familiar with. And as part of that, we, we introduced a series of Duchamp doors, which are, for those of you, again, probably things that most people are aware of, but doors that open and close into two door jams. And as part of that, we built a model for another show, which was meant as a, as a, as a model as part of a building. And then a curator in Chicago saw that project and decided that she wanted to build that full scale as a, Part of this, part of an art expo in Chicago, and then she wants to put it in a kind of peripheral exhibition. Is not as an official part of the Chicago Architecture Biennale as an affiliated part of the um, Chicago Architecture Biennale. So it's actually not not on the program, but uh, in a basement of a house in the north side of Chicago. So there's, um, you can find it uh, <laughs> somewhere in a basement of a house in the north side of Chicago. Are these two doors that we built, and they're they're sort of uh, juxtaposed, and they take very seriously. Let's say the uh, the difference between and I'm borrowing a lot from the way Anna has talked about this in the past, the kind of art object, and then reimagining it through very standard architectural details related to light frame construction and things that you can buy at Home Depot, and the sort of strange things that has to happen is those doors actually get further and further away from each other. And so, what's actually been really amazing about it for us is is sort of young architects is to like how complicated something as simple as two doors just opening and closing into two different jams can get when you actually have to produce the drawings for those things and communicate them to people who operate in the art world as opposed to contractors that operate in the well as contractors mm-hmm. so that's be, that, that just got finished um it's a lot of work for something that looks quite simple for most people but there's a kind of pleasure in watching two kids uh play a game of tag through the doors cool um, well, we're an affiliated program of the Chicago Architecture Biennale, too, so... <laughs> You're in the basement, too? <laughs> I think we're in the basement, yeah. <laughs> um, does anyone have any questions? Amelia? Um, I attended a talk you both previously, or maybe it was just Anna gave previously, about how your interpretation of Kazimir Melovich's The Square informed your di- design for Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, because you were very eloquent and, and very clear and concise as to how that design influenced the, or how that painting influenced your design... But I'm wondering how you communicated that to the client and how the client was like, why do I care about this painting? <laughs> how, how that um, conceptual thread was drawn? Oh, that's a great question. I think I erased that from my memory. <laughs> it's like some of the most painful meetings. Um, they were both wonderful and painful. We learned a lot from them. We, 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 we actually, it was very easy to argue for it because if you think about Pinterest and its interface, it is a kind of series of white on white uh, squares that you fill with your own content. And to be honest, we sold Malevich to them. We sold it. We were just 
we it was rape. I mean, I don't know what it was. It was we just we were pimps. We pimped it out. Um, we, they they bought it because it it is a blank canvas. It could be it could become, in fact, a kind of space of exhibition. And all of the four houses that were built inside of their space were white and abstract and empty, so that content could emerge on their walls. Um, so we feel, well, it's a, diff- it's a difficult conversation, I guess. But the rich, I mean, that project originally started as one table. There were six people when we started that thing. So the, like, originally the idea was literally to fill a square with a, a kind of large piece of furniture. And I think uh, Anna's obsession with white on white was a sort of natural, I mean, at least a, a kind of rotated square inside of a larger square was like the, the initial response to the, the the original site. It changed three times over the course of the project. And as they be, as Pinterest became Pinterest, and I mean, there were like six people in Ikea tables in a garage in Palo Alto, which is, I guess, like sort of how all those stories seem to start in that, in that, in that world. But um. As the project got bigger and bigger, we just added more and more of them. And they were comfortable with the idea of the kind of super table. And then at a certain point, they became not – as more and more people got involved in the process, they became less and less comfortable with it and more and more comfortable with the things that we had designed around it. And so the sort of final realization of that project is less about the tables and more about the things that we just designed – the rooms that we designed to sort of put the tables in, which were really a kind of like residue from our initial pitch to them. I mean, I have to say this was a collaboration with – uh, another designer, Jeanette Kim, who teaches at Columbia, and her student who dropped out of school was Evan, the CEO of Pinterest. So um, most of the conversations, when, when we spoke to the CEO and you know both of them, uh, and we used formal language and we talked about abstraction, they, they knew exactly what we were talking about. They have an interest and a education in, uh, in fine arts and architecture. Um, but as Andrew said, as the company grew, those things became uh, more fluid and more difficult, let's say, to to communicate to the broader audience. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.